Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Who needs a big old mug of black coffee when you got daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast? Well, look, I still do. I still need that coffee, but we're going to try to give you the best of both worlds on this Wednesday, a hump day, February the 19th, 2020. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you three times per week here on daybreak. We got a myriad of topics we'll run through with you this morning. Uh, you had a baseball rainout at the Joe on Tuesday. Alabama was set to take on Troy in its fourth game of the 2020 season. Weather, inclement weather for sure here in West Central Alabama on Tuesday. Washed that game out. Postponed Alabama-Troy until May the 12th. That'll be a Tuesday here in Tuscaloosa. We're going to have a basketball preview for you. Big game at Coleman Coliseum this evening as Buzz Williams and the Texas A&M Aggies pay a trip to Coleman to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll get into some football talk as well. Charlie Strong, as you've seen here in the last 24 hours, widely reported, including at BamaOnline.com. In fact, joining Nick Saban's staff in a defensive analyst role. We'll also take a peek at the safety position ahead for the 2020 campaign, really more so in advance of spring drills, which will get underway here in Tuscaloosa next month. But again, from a baseball perspective, no hardball at the Joe on Tuesday. But with that, you are expected to have Alabama and Alabama State this afternoon. That's a 2 p.m. first pitch. And that one takes place before the Crimson Tide gets on a plane and heads to Vegas for a weekend series at UNLV. But first, the Hornets of Bama State this afternoon come to town with a 3-0 record after a perfect weekend at the Andre Dawson Classic down in New Orleans. You remember Andre Dawson? You're old enough to remember the Hawk, right? The Hawk with the Montreal Expos, uh, also... The Chicago Cubs, uh, he had a productive stretch there uh, on the north side of Chi-Town. Well, you'll have Alabama State in here. Going to be a little chilly in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday. Doesn't look like temperatures are going to reach the 60-degree mark, and we really start to chill down here over the weekend. So a good getaway weekend for Brad Bohannon's club to get out there to Vegas. In tow with Deontay Wilder, right? You got Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Uh, out there in Vegas on Saturday night for the heavyweight boxing title. Uh, The Crimson Tide uh, coming off that weekend sweep of Northeastern 
looking to extend its season opening win streak to four games later this afternoon. And then once you come back, once Alabama comes back from UNLV, you're looking at a stretch for this team of 10 straight home games and 13 of the next 14 games being at Sewell Thomas Stadium. And that'll start when Alabama returns to take on UT Martin next Tuesday at the Joe. You got UT Martin on the football schedule next fall, right? November. It's the Skyhawks, I believe, of UT Martin. Uh, Going to pay a visit on the football field uh, next uh, November as well. So that's kind of how it sets up moving forward here for Brad Bohannon and the Alabama baseball team. Now, again, big night of college basketball at Coleman Coliseum. You had a big night, actually, on Tuesday in the Southeastern Conference. The varsity game on Tuesday was, of course, uh, Kentucky and LSU down in Baton Rouge. What an efficient second half for the Kentucky Wildcats on their way to clinching an important road win, really establishing themselves right now as the team to beat in the Southeastern Conference as we move through these final three weeks of the regular season. Kentucky, after the half last night at the PMAC in Red Stick, 7 of 8 from three-point range, and 17 of 23 from the field overall. You know, Kentucky's one of those few teams in the league that can match up with LSU when it comes to big boy basketball, downhill basketball, physical basketball, and that means points in the paint. Kentucky had the edge there last night. Kentucky also, with Nick Richards, blocked 11 shots. Richard had six of those. So rim protection is uh, extremely critical when you play a team like LSU that, as we know, really wants to try to get to the backboards and try to get to the rim and win the game from close range. Kentucky prevented LSU from doing that last night with its own length and size. And give UK credit because it actually closed the game. It was a little bit of a stumble late, but point guard Ashton Hagens went out with that left thigh contusion forcing UK to finish that one without their star point guard. And LSU now has dropped four of its last five games. After starting the season undefeated for an extended stretch in SEC play, LSU now uh, solo third in the SEC behind Auburn and also first place Kentucky. Now tonight, you've got Texas A&M coming to town to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide, which itself as we know, coming off that big win over LSU last Saturday at Coleman. A&M, year one of Buzz Williams there in College Station. 12-12 and 12 overall, 6-6 six and six in the SEC. That is a 6 o'clock tip-off tonight on the SEC Network. By the way, each of Alabama's final six regular season games set to air on the SEC Network. So it's the SEC Network from here on out for the Alabama Crimson Tide. A&M, as we told you on Monday, came back from that nine-point halftime deficit last Saturday to beat Georgia in College Station, 74-69. to Been some really good stuff for Alabama basketball in the days since that win over LSU. Kyra Lewis, Jr., your SEC Player of the Week. Jaden Shackelford, your SEC and National Freshman of the Week honors coming his way, just playing some outstanding basketball of late. Jaden Shackelford picking up, becoming that third guy. If Alabama has a big three, right? Well, 
kind of a big four when you get Herbert Jones in there, even if it's just from a defensive standpoint and also rebounding. But man, right now you've got Kyra Lewis Jr., you've got Petty, John Petty, you've got Jaden Shackelford, Herbert Jones. Boy, that's a really nice uh, quartet you can roll there with. And then when you get Alex Reese going offensively, you become especially potent on that end of the floor. But, uh, you know, with all these awards, maybe Herbert Jones, is there a Purple Heart Award for basketball that maybe we could give Herbert after that performance against LSU last weekend? As far as these two teams go, a year ago, A&M took both games uh, in which these teams met up, including that heartbreaker here in Tuscaloosa when T.J. Starks hit that three-pointer at the buzzer to give the Aggies an 81-80 to win. No T.J. Starks, as we previewed for you earlier in the week. He is now at CSUN, Cal State Northridge, out there in the Big West Conference, uh, sitting out a transfer year under head coach Mark Godfrey. But still, you got to deal with Josh Nebo in the paint. You got to deal with Savion Flagg, who is a versatile player. You know, those two guys in that win here in Tuscaloosa a year ago combined for 37 points. Now, John Petty went for 22 in that game with 18 of those coming on three-pointers. He had six threes against A&M here a year ago. A month later, A&M defended the home court uh, courtesy of a nine-point win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tevin Mack now with the Clemson Tigers. Remember Tevin Mack? Uh, He was the lone Alabama player in double figures in that game uh, in College Station last February. Uh, Flag led A&M in that one with 18 points and nine rebounds, and A&M went 15 of 16 from the free throw line, which went a long way in providing the difference in a uh, nearly 10-point win. Now, as for this game with Buzz Williams taking over, stylistically what A&M is going to want to do as the 14th rated scoring offense, that means dead last in the SEC. A&M is going to want to play this game tonight in the 60s. As we know, Alabama would like to get the game into the 80s, so uh, a game of styles. They say styles make fights, similar to maybe what we're going to see from Fury and Wilder on Saturday night. Fury is the uh, prototype boxer, elite boxer, stick and move, can use his feet even at six foot eight, uh, six foot seven, whatever he is. Both those guys, Wilder and Fury, are just towering guys. Meanwhile, Wilder's going to look to go for the knockout, the big punch, the big right hand, maybe even the left hook. So you're going to have contrasting styles tonight. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And that's what it's going to ultimately come down to. When you look at A&M's six wins uh, in the conference so far this season, they have held opponents to fewer than 70 points in each of those six wins. In four of those, opponents have scored fewer than 60 points. So that's going to be the game tonight. That's what you're looking at uh, when you talk about Alabama 
and Texas A&M. Now, from a football perspective that we wanted to get into, Charlie Strong, as we talked about at the outset of the podcast, uh, boy, what about the head coaching experience you're going to have on this staff now? Not just guys on the field uh, that have been head coaches like Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle Flood, the offensive line coach previously, uh, head coach at Rutgers, um, Sark at Washington and USC, uh, but even from an analyst perspective, uh, when you talk about Mike Stoops having been the head coach at Arizona, Butch Jones, obviously, uh, multiple head coaching stops, including Cincinnati and Tennessee. And that's before you just talk about defensive coordinator experience that Charlie Strong's going to bring to that mix. Stoops, a former defensive coordinator. Sal Sanceri, a former defensive coordinator. Pete Golding, the sitting defensive coordinator at Alabama. Charles Kelly has defensive coordinator experience. So absolutely, you can add a guy like uh, Charlie Strong, and you want to talk about SEC experience? Just look at Charlie Strong's bio. This is a guy that for a span of now, well, I guess we're going into 2020, so he missed – the 10, you know, he was there, he was at Florida as a GA in 83 and 84. He was at Texas A&M as a GA in 85. Back to Florida's outside linebackers coach in 88 and 89. Um, Ole Miss wide receivers coach. How about Charlie Strong with some wide receiver coaching uh, experience in his background? Coached the Ole Miss wide receivers in 90. Back to Florida from 91 uh, to 94. South Carolina, where he worked under Lou Holtz, who he had previously worked under, I believe, at Notre Dame, yeah. 1999 to 2002 at South Carolina. Back to Florida from 2003 to 2009. Worked for both, I think it was, yeah, Ron Zook. And he was actually the interim head coach at Florida after Zook was dismissed. Uh, And then again, uh, you had... um, you had Charlie Strong there with Urban Meyer as well to sort of round out the aughts earlier in the century. Uh, had coaching stints, as we know, at Louisville, Texas, and South Florida. Followed that time with Urban Meyer at Florida. And now here he is, a defensive analyst for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And absolutely, I mean, the guy is getting $3 million, uh, reportedly in buyout money from South Florida. So you can't beat the price you're Alabama and this continues to work incredibly well for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide and a guy also from a recruiting perspective while he will not be permitted to leave campus and recruit for Alabama uh, has extensive background recruiting the state of Florida including South Florida during his time at UF's and as a head coach uh, also mined the state of Florida pretty heavily Uh, when he was at Louisville, especially, and then, of course, working at South Florida most recently. So, you know, you get some experience on the recruiting front. Uh, It gives you a guy that, because he doesn't have recruiting responsibilities to the extent of an on-the-field assistant coach, he's going to be freed up to help you with advance work, with quality control, uh, with game planning. Uh, Charlie Strong's seen a little bit of everything. I mean, we ran down the resume for you, beginning in 1983 as a GA uh, in this league at the University of Florida. So uh, a very nice pickup, an addition to what I like to call the Kappa Saban House 
it's almost like a frat house they've got around here for all these ex-head coaches that uh, come by Alabama and, you know, spend a couple of years and off they go back into either the head coaching ranks or maybe a coordinator level position. Hey, coming up on uh, tomorrow uh, on BamaOnline.com, going to take a little bit of a early look at the safety positions heading into uh, spring practice coming up. And boy, I'll tell you what, I, I didn't realize this until I really put it on paper and looked at it. And I even had to go back and sort of check it. But the scholarship numbers at safety right now, pretty slim, folks, with Xavier McKinney moving on, uh, Jared Maiden moving on. The safety net that you had with Shaheem Carter is sort of a utility defensive back in that Shai could play safety, he could play you know, that star position, which he did extensively each of the last two years. Uh, but with these departures, man, you're looking at Jordan Battle, Daniel Wright, DeMarco Ellums, and Eddie Smith. Those are the four scholarship safeties by my count as of right now. And when you consider the multitude of roles that guys like McKinney handled and Shaheem Carter handled, and even Jared Maiden as a support option at, say, the star position in the nickel, you've got, you've got more than just the safety spots you're having to take into consideration here. You've got that money position in the dime that you know McKinney handled for you each of the last two years, uh, in addition to safety in the base and the nickel. Um, again, Maiden was an option, at least from a depth standpoint, to play some star if you needed him to do that. Shaheem was a guy that if he if you needed him at safety, he could he could play it, he could do it. So in addition to the nickel defensive back position. So it's not as simple as saying, well, they just need two safeties. No, they need really they need a minimum of either yeah, they need three safeties because let's say, you know, Jordan Battle is your every down safety. You know, he's, he's your nickel, dime, base safety. But one of these guys, Daniel Wright, DeMarco Ellums, uh, when it comes to the dime package, that's probably where you're going to pull from your money uh, guy is from the safety position. And Daniel Wright, certainly at a point in his career where he needs to make it happen as a redshirt junior. We saw DeMarco Ellums uh, last year as a true freshman sort of work at safety and also get some reps up there in that money package position in the dime package. Eddie Smith is back for his redshirt sophomore season, we assume anyway, because Eddie Smith was really a non-factor at safety uh, in 2019. And with the lack of scholarship options, it does make you wonder. Spring, right? That's a time where you typically see some experimentation. We've certainly seen it in the past. And maybe with the surplus of numbers that you have right now at corner, by my count, eight scholarship corners, just four scholarship safeties. Maybe you see a corner or two get a look at safety in spring practice. Maybe you see an offensive skill player uh, get a look at safety. Maybe a guy like Chadarius Townsend, who has bounced throughout his career between defensive back and wide receiver and running back most recently. Maybe he gets a look. So, you know, there is that possibility as well uh, that some guys get some looks in the spring coming from some different areas of this football team. And really, once you get to the summer 
and you bring in Brian Branch and you bring in Malachi Moore and Christian Story, uh, your numbers start to look a lot better in terms of legit safety options. I think you would have loved to have had probably one of those guys on campus for spring ball. It looked like Malachi Moore might be that guy, uh, but the numbers sort of changed up once you uh, had a, a complete understanding of who was going to be back and who was moving on. And so, you know, that's kind of the way it sits right now in terms of returning players at the safety position. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch play out because there's going to be competition. You know, I would think that Jordan battle obviously goes into spring practice as a clear cut favorite to be that top overall option at safety. And he is the guy that you saw as a true freshman in the dime package a good bit. Uh, even got a start, I believe, during the 2019 season. Uh, so he's an odds-on favorite, without a doubt. But Daniel Wright, DeMarco Ellums, is Eddie Smith still uh, involved in this situation? Those are some of the questions that you're going to have to sort of work through during spring drills and a lot to replace just in Xavier McKinney. You know, a guy in his 28 games as a starter, 169 total tackles, 11 and a half of those for loss, six sacks, five interceptions, 15 pass breakups, seven quarterback hurries. The guy four six fumbles uh, in his two seasons as a starter. That is Landon Collins-like production. And there's a reason why Xavier McKinney in a lot of corners is being uh, promoted as the top overall safety for the 2020 NFL draft. And that's before you talk about Maiden and his experience and uh, his four interceptions from the 2019 season. And of course, again, the flexibility you had with Shaheem Carter. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. We're going to have complete coverage of Alabama, Texas A&M later this evening from Coleman Coliseum. You're going to have baseball this afternoon from the Joe uh, coming up this weekend. We're certainly going to have a lot of stuff going on. This Alabama men's basketball team travels to Ole Miss on Saturday. Alabama women's basketball at home on Thursday night against Florida. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Alabama softball, the Easton Bama Bash coming up this weekend as well as Patrick Murphy's team makes its home debut for the 2020 season. Two games on Friday, two games on Saturday, and a single game on Sunday for the Alabama softball team over at an enhanced road stadium. That'll be worth the trip over to see the improvements made to the ballpark. Yes, looking forward to that as well. Looking forward to you keeping it with us at BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us there at the Roundtable, the premium message board at BOL. And check us again when Daybreak returns on Friday here on the Built by Bama online podcast. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.